0: Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistat, Missouri. I am Scott George, your announcer, for this 11th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sletten will be delivering today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Ms. Susan Sinninger, and acolytes, Caitlin Kleitbecker and Peyton Manning. Today's broadcast is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God.
1: so before we begin our worship today, just a few announcements. Uh, first of all, starting on September the 10th, for six weeks, there, is a, there will be the new and prospective members class beginning at 8.45. Uh, I myself will teach that class. We're going to be meeting um, in the small chapel on Sunday mornings, again at 8.45. It's a six-week class. If you are interested in becoming a member of our church, Um, or if you're just interested in what Lutherans believe and why we believe it. I was talking to somebody just recently about the class, and they weren't sure, well, if I take the class, does that mean that I have to become Lutheran? Well, no, you don't have to be. Um, You could also just take it as an informative class if you wish as well. So that begins on September the 10th. Uh, uh, Bob Seninger will be leading the adult Bible class at the same time in the same room that we always meet in in the school. There is a special voters meeting on August the 27th uh, that, that will be held, so please mark that down on your calendars. Also, uh, a special event, on October the 14th, the Springfield Symphony will be playing a reformation program. And I've been told that if we have 20 or more people that want to go, we will qualify for a 20% discount. So the, the Springfield Symphony, Symphony is playing a reformation program on October the 14th. If you have any questions, please find me. Where is Phil? Raise your hand, Phil. There he is. Um, uh, Find uh, uh, Phil as well, and he will be able to give you some more information about that. And there is also a nominating committee meeting immediately after church in the small sanctuary, um, I'm sorry, in the small chapel that is right outside. And then of, of course, we invite all of you to Join us for Sunday School and Bible class every Sunday morning, beginning at 8.45, over in the school classrooms. And with that, let's open our service today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, what a glorious day that today is. For it is on this day, Lord, Sunday, the Lord's day, the third day, on on which you were resurrected. Rose again, Lord to new life, sealing that, sealing that promise for us of everlasting life, of new life. Lord, now we ask that as we worship you here, that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship. And Lord, we thank you that all of us have been called here not by chance, not by coincidence, not by accident, but Lord, all of us today have been called here by your Holy Spirit. So we give you thanks and praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our first hymn is Christ is Our Cornerstone. That's number 912. 912. of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, to God, in His mercy, has given His Son to die for you, and for His sake He forgives you all of your sins. So then, stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is the strength of His people.
0: He is the saving refuge of His anointing.
1: To you, O Lord, I call, my rock, be not deaf to me
0: lest if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit.
1: Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help.
0: When I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary.
1: Blessed be the Lord.
0: For he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield.
1: In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart
0: exults
1: with my song, I give thanks to. Him. glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is the strength of His people.) The Lord be with you. With us, Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, you give your children many blessings, even though we are undeserving. In every trial and temptation, grant us steadfast confidence in your loving kindness and mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
2: The Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 56. Thus says the Lord, keep justice, and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God who gathers the outcast of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. This is the word of our Lord.
1: Here today, to come forward for the children's message, also make sure to bring up your mighty mites as well.
0: The children's sermon today is presented by Pastor Jake based on Matthew 15 21 to 28.
1: Guys can turn around and face me, okay. I have a question for you today. What do you think that this church that we are sitting in today is built on top of? What's it built on top of, Harper? Earth,
2: Earth? okay, good.
1: Okay, what else? It kind of the word that I'm looking for starts with an F, Keenan. Well, that's well. That that's that's true too. Faith, uh, you you got to what I was getting to, and you don't know it. The spirit is strong with that one. Okay. Foundation, good. Okay. So, so uh, this this church is built upon something called a foundation. Okay. And the foundation is what holds the church up. If the church didn't have a foundation, every time that it, it rained, well, we'd have to basically build a whole new church all over again, okay? Now, did you guys know that in 1874 is when this, church, when, when this church as a congregation was founded? That's a long time ago. In just a few years, we're gonna be celebrating our 150th anniversary. That's incredible. To God be the glory for that. Well, did you guys also know That you all, even though you were not born in 1874, I mean nobody here was born in 1874, right? Okay, good. So so, uh, even though you all were not born in 1874, and even though nobody here was born in 1874, do you know that each of us, us who are sitting up here and all of those folks who are sitting out there, that they all have something for which this church is built on? What is it? Faith, okay? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. That the faith that we have been given by God... Boys, boys, shh, shh, boys, boys. The faith that we have been given by God is the faith by which this church was built on. Your, uh, my faith, your faith, and everybody's faith out here, the, uh, the faith of all of those who have gone before us. Okay, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. so will you please fold your hands? And repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for giving me faith to believe in you and what you have done and still do for us. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for coming up. You guys can go back and sit with your folks.
2: The epistle reading this morning is from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 11. I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Now I am speaking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means a reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? As regards the gospel, they are enemies of God for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they also may now receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. This is the word of our Lord.
1: The Holy Gospel, the Holy Gospel this morning according to St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the gospel of our Lord. all pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning, from God our Father, and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today's message is the gospel lesson that was just read. Uh, As usual, you will want to have that in front of you because we'll be referring to it this morning as we go along. and be- Before I continue, it, it would be uh, wrong of me to not give credit where credit is due. You see, um, much of what I am going to say comes from a sermon that one of my former professors gave. and uh, th- his, his name is the good Reverend Dr. Jeff Gibbs. If he's listening on the radio for some reason, I'm not sure why he would be, but he might be. Um, I definitely want to make sure that we Acknowledge him because it is his insights that we will be talking about today, and I figured well Why preach about anything else on this text because when you're right you're right? So That's what we're going to be talking about today In the 16th chapter of Matthew's gospel a little bit later than the text for today There is a really poignant moment that happens between Jesus and his disciples this moment Some of you will recall, this moment is really what is the foundation of the Roman Catholic Church. What happens is that Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples, and he asks them, well, who do people say that I am? And his disciples respond back, well, some say Elijah, others say John the Baptist. And then Jesus asks them specifically, you, disciples, but who do you say that I am? And Peter responds very boldly. He says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by men, but by my Father who is in heaven. And here's where The sticky part comes. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Our Roman Catholic friends, who I am assured we will see in heaven, they're just wrong here. (laughs) They get this verse wrong. Because if you were to look at the original Greek language, you will find, and you will notice, that the rock that Jesus is referring to is not Peter not Peter. The Greek points to that the rock that Jesus is referring to is the faith that Peter exhibited. The faith which allowed him to say, you are the Christ. I know who you are. You are the son of the living God. This text for today, the faith of the Canaanite woman, It's a little confusing. And if you read it through, you will probably find yourself asking questions. Questions like, well, when the woman comes, when the Canaanite woman comes up to Jesus, if you look at your text with me, when the Canaanite woman comes up to Jesus, she was crying out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter severely oppressed by a demon. And then something a bit incredible happens, or rather doesn't happen. Jesus doesn't say anything. Not a single word. He doesn't respond to her at all, at least not that moment. And that goes against everything that we have come to know about our Lord and our Savior. He is is merciful, we sing. He is glorious, we, we sing. He will answer us in our time of need, we sing. And yet to this woman, not a word is spoken. We also might find that we are asking ourselves, well, how did the woman feel after this? What was her emotion? What was her uh, 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 her emotional reaction to what Jesus was telling her? And the text doesn't answer that. There are many times in our own lives where this can tend, or at least certainly seem, to tend to be the case. Why did Charlottesville happen? Why did 9-11 happen? Why did the Holocaust happen? Why does it seem like every single day there is suffering in this world of some kind or another, and yet it seems that our God is silent? About it. Why can't, why can't my life be better than what it is? And yet Jesus, oftentimes, it seems to us, is silent. There are some things that we just simply don't get answers to. Simply the, for, for the uh, exact reason that we want to know why Jesus did not answer this woman a word, we're not told. We don't know why he didn't do that. So we're not going to focus on what Jesus doesn't do, but rather on what he does do. Because what this text does teach us, it teaches us about this question, and it gives us an answer to this question. What does great faith believe about Jesus? What does great faith believe about Jesus? According to Dr. Gibbs, and I think he's absolutely right, it, ans- it teaches us two things. The first thing that it teaches us is that great faith believes and knows who Jesus really is. Great faith believes and knows who Jesus really is. As I mentioned to our Bible class this morning, which By the way, if you're not coming to Bible class, I highly encourage you because I often, they oftentimes will ask me questions and I am sort of forced to give up a little of my sermon in Bible class. So um, if you want to get a little bit of a preview into what the sermon is going to be about, usually during Bible class, I end up spouting off something. Um, But of course, they all have to wait to get to the main point. Anyway. Oh yeah. This woman really has no business knowing who Jesus is. She has three strikes against her. The first is that she is a woman. The second is that she is a Gentile. The third is that she is a Canaanite. She's not of the house of Israel. She's she's not a man. She has no business knowing who Jesus is. And yet her faith Allows her to realize exactly who he is. Go back to your text with me. We know this from a few different things. First of all, in verse 22, what does she call him? She calls him, O Lord, Son of David. The only people who call Jesus that are his disciples. Nobody calls him that, or at least nobody normally calls him that. She calls him, O Lord, Son of David. And then, if you skip down to verse 25, but she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. She worships him. She comes and she kneels before the man who she knows to be the Messiah, the Savior. And she kneels before him and worships him. And then, finally, if those two evidences were not enough, we have verse 27. Again, as Dr. Gibbs says, without fail, verse 27, the English translations never pick up one crucially important word. In your text, the word that you see there is yet. It reads, she said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. But the word in the Greek is not the word yet, it is the word Four is the word because. So let's read that again. She said, yes, Lord, because even the dogs eat the, the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She's not arguing with Jesus. She's not trying to start a debate with him. She's not trying to annoy him until, she, until he finally just gives in to give her what she wants. She's not arguing with Jesus. As a matter of fact, it's the complete opposite. She's agreeing with Jesus. In effect, she says, yes, Lord, you're, you're absolutely right. It isn't right to take the bread that is meant for the children and then give it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, you're, you're exactly right about that. And this leads us into the second thing that this text teaches us about what faith in Jesus believes. Number one, it believes who he is. And number two, great faith in Jesus believes not only in who Jesus is, but that he has something for you. Yes, Lord, be because even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She knows, she knows that even the crumbs from the bounty that is, on, that is on our master's table, the wondrous and gracious and fulfilling bounty that is on our master's table, and all she needs to survive and to be sustained, all she needs is the crumbs, and she will live. And she will survive. And she will be fulfilled. She knows that Jesus has something for her. And that's why she persists. You know, sometimes I've heard this, this text preached by other pastors that um, they. They, they, or at least I, I, I have heard it taught that, well, it is the woman's persistence for why Jesus gives in. So we, that's, if we want to get what we want, then we've got to be persistent in our faith and ask Jesus over and over and over and over and over again. And that's how we get what we want. No. Certainly pray to Jesus for those things that we desire, and he will answer those, those prayers according to his good and holy and gracious will. But the reason why she persists is because she knows who Jesus is and she knows that he has something for her. Now look back again at your text with me. Go to verse 28, the last verse. (laughs) Jesus is not easily astonished. He's just not. As a matter of fact, in the Gospels, Jesus, and usually it's, uh, usually it's toward his disciples, Jesus gets frustrated and annoyed even that these people don't believe that he is who he says that he is, even on the miracles that he has been performed before their very eyes. And yet this woman, a woman who is a Canaanite and a Gentile, knows who Jesus is. And he's blown away. He is astonished by this. Then Jesus answers her, Oh woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly from that moment. You see, these two truths, they apply to us. As well. Great faith in Jesus believes who Jesus really is that he is Lord, that he was crucified, that he died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again to new life. We confess this every single Sunday. Great faith believes that Jesus is who he says that he is, and great faith believes that Jesus, folks, is still who he says that he is. Even amidst everything that is going on around us, even amidst things like Charlottesville and 9-11 and the Holocaust and terrible things that happen both in our world and our nation and individually, Jesus is who he says he is still. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Great faith believes that Jesus is Lord. He is Messiah, he is Savior, and he is still who he says that he is. And great faith believes that this Jesus has something for you. Forgiveness, a place with him, your room in the mansion of heaven, the Father's mansion, is prepared. It's ready. It's got your name on it. Great faith believes that when he promises us that never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, he means it. He means it when he says that never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Great faith believes the promise that when he told his disciples in Matthew 28, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Great faith believes that that is what is sitting on the altar before us. So when The world seems crashing down and the world seems to be going to Hades in a handbasket. Folks, we can take confidence and assurance in the fact that our great faith given to us as a gift from God believes and knows who Jesus is and believes and knows that he has something for you. In our Savior's name, amen. Please stand. And so it is with this great faith that we have been given that we recite together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, It is at this time that we'll gather our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to uh, sign in in the red uh, sign-in book that is on the inside aisles of the pews. The person who receives it on the window sides, please send it back to the aisles, and the aisles, please tear off the top sheet, set it on top of the red book. With that, we collect our tithes and offerings.
0: The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing of the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Trinity Lutheran School would like to sincerely thank Mrs. Laura Worm for 18 plus years of service as our head custodian. We congratulate on her retirement and wish her well. One schedule change, bulletin items, and parish caller items are due. In the office by noon on Tuesday. If you wish to be added or removed from the prayer list, a member of the family needs to call both the church office and Jeannie Stoltz at 235-3447. That number is 235-3447. Other school news: the Board of Education would like to invite members to help teach Sunday school as a teacher on a rotating basis. With the current teachers, or to sub occasionally for our teachers when they need to be gone. Classes include preschool, second grade, third through sixth, and the junior, senior, high school class. Please prayerfully consider serving in this capacity and contact John Kleibacher, Juan Hansen, or Katrina McBlair. Again, this is as a sub. On Bible class, Trinity Lutheran's Children's Sunday School and adult Bible classes meet at 8.45 each Sunday in the school. The men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. Wednesday morning in the chapel, and there are several ladies' Bible studies during the week. For more information, call the church office. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness in the public marketplace. Today's message entitled, God's Dog. Speaker of the Lutheran Hour by Reverend Doctor Ken Glass.
1: We have several folks that we want to remember in our prayers for this morning. First, for those who are on our health list. From Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, <clears throat> Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Marilyn Stewart, Elmer Kaiser, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan Haynes, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss. Uh, Also for Mr. and Mrs. Drew Meyer, who were married here last evening. And also a very uh, special prayer request for the family of Nick and Leanne Broderick at the passing of Leanne's brother Jason in an an unfortunate motorcycle accident yesterday. Um, And so we will most certainly lift their family up in prayer as well. Also, for those who are uh, celebrating an anniversary, for Michael and Lorna Doss, who will celebrate 29 years of marriage on August the 26th. And so, with that, we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that through this text for today from Matthew's Gospel, that you have taught us what great faith believes about you. That you are Lord, that you are Messiah, that you are Savior, and that you are still Lord, still Messiah, and still Savior. That it teaches us, Lord, that not only are you Lord and Messiah and Savior, but Lord, also that you have something for us, that Lord, all that we need to Survive to live, to be fulfilled is simply the crumbs that come from your bountiful table that you have prepared for us. Lord in your mercy. First, Lord, we pray for the nation the world that we live in. Lord, we pray that where there is unrest, that there would be peace. Lord that where there is hunger, that there would be food, Lord where, where, where there is hate and anger. It would be love. Lord, we pray for all of our leaders, both our president at the national level, our president at the synodical level, our governor, and all of those, Lord, who make decisions for us. May you grant to them your wisdom that they might make decisions that would benefit the people of God through through you and through your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, we also lift up a special prayer for all those that we know who are suffering. Especially, Lord, uh, for those that we have named on our health list. Also, Lord, for uh, Nick and Leanne's family at the passing of Leanne's brother. Lord, what an incredibly tragic and unfortunate event that this is. We pray, Lord, for them. We lift them up to you. We ask that you would send to them an extra measure of your Holy Spirit, that they might know your peace, that they might know your love. Lord, where they don't understand why this has happened, we pray that by your grace that you would sustain them through this. Sustain them, Lord, through all things. And Lord, we pray, especially for all those that we know who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally, that we name before you in our hearts now. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we give you thanks for those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, especially, Lord, for Michael and Lorna as they celebrate 29 years of marriage on August the 26th. Thank you also, Lord, for Jennifer and for Drew, who were married here last evening. We ask, Lord, a special blessing upon them as they enter, Lord, in these first few days and weeks and months of their their newly married lives. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, finally, we give you thanks for the gift of Holy Communion that is here before us, that your presence is here, in with and under the bread and the wine that we receive. Lord, that this is just a foretaste of the promise that you have made to us—that you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us—and we await, Lord, with with joyful patience and anxiousness for the final day when you will come to take all of us as your children to be with you in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. Trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who overcame the assault of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, and we're praising you and singing. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly instructed in communion. We want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. And with Lutheran Christians, you confess,
0: "I my sin and ask God's forgiveness." I believe in Christ, Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sins and the strengthening of my faith and life.
1: Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. The Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament to my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as oft as you drink it.
0: Call the Saints Lutheran service book 677 The next hymn is Come My Soul With Every Care, hymn number 779. Next hymn is Word of God, Come Down on Earth, hymn 545.
1: The final distribution hymn will be We All Believe in One True God, page number 953 in the Lutheran Service Book. We give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us to this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us. Through the same in faith towards you, and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace.
0: It's been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Luther Church in Freistat, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround you and his mercy be evident to you in all things. You might want to stay tuned for a post announcement. Your announcer has been Scott George.
1: All right, and uh, before we leave for today and for this week, just a couple of announcements for us. First of all, um, special thanks to our organist, Susan. She has uh, successfully completed two back-to-back services that were just stellar. Thank you so much. Everything was wonderful. Thank you. And then our principal, Amanda Manning, has an an, an announcement for us about a tree that is, is in the back, please
3: yes here in the back we have an apple tree it's got some items that we need for our school cafeteria to help us get started for the year so i just asked if you uh feel led to help support that program just take an apple take it with you to the store and bring it back to the school office we started last monday with over a hundred items on two trees and we're down to just a few items left so f- for those of you that have already grabbed an apple thank you guys so much uh, I have one other quick announcement. Today is Pastor Jake's thirty-seventh birthday. Oh my. So at this time, if you will join me in singing "Happy Birthday" and God's blessings to him. Oh my! Happy birthday. To you. <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs> oh, you guys know how to make a guy feel special. Thank you. Um, I pray that you all would have a very blessed week and I look forward to seeing everybody, uh, if not before, on Sunday.